We started talking about last time what one cannot do before davening. We spoke about specifically eating and drinking and where it applies and what's also and what's mutter. But there are a number of other restrictions also of what a person is not allowed to do before shakra specifically. And just to remind ourselves of the main point, even though by other tefillahs there's a chashash, when there's a chashash, when there's a concern that a person might get carried away for what they're doing and forget to daven, so it's also to do such an activity before davening. When it comes to shakras, there's an extra added element, and that is that it's considered a zilzul. So HaKadosh Baruch for a person to be doing other things before he davens. And therefore that brings us to the next thing to talk about, and that is what about greeting other people. It's brought down in the halacha that when one wakes up in the morning, so first you should speak to Hashem, first you should come to daven. And therefore, to go talk to other people before davening is a problem. Now there are a number of pratim, a number of uh, points in this halacha. When is it a problem? Where is it a problem? So the first point you want to talk about is the ikka isur, is if a person will go out of their way to someone else's home, so to speak, to talk to them. It's not somebody a person happened to meet on the street or person who anyway was living in, like, in the same building or in a, a roommate, whatever it might have been. But to go specifically to visit somebody, to greet them, to talk to them, to wish them good morning, uh, is asr before davening. A person is not meant to focus on other conversations or other relationships before they talk to Hashem. Uh, that's the first point. The Shulchan Aruch makes a distinction between if a person uses Hashem's name of Shalom, which is also a form of greeting, Shalom Aleichem, whatever it might be, but since it's also used as the name of Hashem, that's considered even worse than just saying good morning, which the Shulchan Aruch brings the Aramaic expression, Safra de Marita, which is just translated as good morning. And therefore the same thing would apply in today's uh, vernacular, with a person speaking Hebrew or English, to say Shalom Aleichem would be worse than saying good morning or Bokir Tov or whatever, or whatever else a person would want to greet somebody else with. So that's the first Isser, and the main Isser is to go specifically out of one's way to greet someone, to visit them. Um, now the second point is, how far does the person have to go out of their way? So it doesn't just mean you're going especially to their house, that for sure is a problem, but even if a person is going, let's say from where he sits in the shul, to the other side of the shul, to wish somebody a good morning, that's also a problem. It means that the person didn't happen to bump into them or meet them on their way to Davini, they went specifically over to greet them. And that would be a problem too, because then again, this person is showing chashivas for people in a way which is more than the chashivas they're showing for Russia. So that's our second, uh, our second uh, example of greeting other people. Whereas if a person happens to meet somebody in the street, or meet somebody in his home, or in, even in the entrance to the shul, to say good morning, in that case, won't be an Isra. Because Hazal didn't ask a person like a teacher, but we know how to greet people. It was more the showing the precedence that one gives to other people by going to greet them first. And therefore, in a case like this, one would be allowed to, when you walk past somebody, say good morning, here also. So Quran says that it's better to say good morning rather than use Hashem's name, Shalom Aleichem. And therefore, to say hello, good morning, is, is permitted to somebody you happen to walk past or meet in the stairwell. But uh, to say Shalom Aleichem is more problematic. And if Hashem's name is Shalom, then in those places where the custom on Shabbos is to say Shabbat Shalom, whatever it would be, that would also be an issue because then you're using Hashem's name. And therefore, to say good Shabbos would be a case. Not using Hashem's name, whereas to say Shabbat Shalom or anything else which is using Hashem's name would be more problematic. So that's as far as greeting people 
um, greeting people, girls, which you meet before davening. Uh, if uh, there's a reason to talk to somebody, so it's not you're going specifically to greet them, you're going to you're talking to them because you need something from them, you want to ask them a question, whatever the case might be. So then one doesn't have to like have a brusque, like, can you do this? Or you know, to say, hello, good morning, or whatever the case might be. The point then wasn't coming to specifically just to greet them. The point then was to uh, to ask for something which he needs, in which case uh, the greeting is just, uh, so to speak, the accepted pleasantry of how you uh, begin a conversation. And therefore, in a case like that, when or the thing a person's asking for, obviously, is not also, then it wouldn't be also to start off by saying good morning. And Mishabura does bring it, even if you're meeting somebody on the way, where we said it's mutter to talk and say hello, but obviously to get stuck in conversations is a problem. Uh, Mishabur even said that because if people miss the Mankirishman's Vantela, you know, it must, it must be a very absorbing conversation, whatever the case is, and people don't realize the flow of time. And therefore, to, to say hello to people, if that's what's necessary, is mutter. Uh, whatever's necessary to talk about, which needs to be spoken about, is mutter. But to have uh, to go out of one's way to greet people or to look for people to greet is a problem. And also to, to have long, just like, uh, just like long conversations, just to catch up with people, and without sort of something specific, so sort of some specific intention of what a person needs, is also for the same reason that it might drag out and cause a person to miss the time for davening. And therefore, when a person wakes up and they, they want to say hello to their roommate, to their wife, to their kids, that's not also. That's uh, people who are in the same home, and he's not going specially to visit them or to greet them. They're, they're with him where he is. And therefore, for sure, it's, it's accepted and it's, it's, it's uh, permitted for him to, to talk to them. Uh, if there's something he needs to tell them about, to remind them before they go, that he goes to shul, or before they go to school, or whatever the case is, that will be mutter as well. The isser is just either uh, the point of greeting somebody, just for the point of greeting them, or a lengthy conversation which is going to impact on his davening. Okay, so that's the isser of, that is of talking for davening. And therefore, same thing. In a case where, let's say, there's a guy by in the shul and he's not a stranger, so go say, hello, can you give me a place to sit, would you like a siddur, or something like that, is also the tzarech as mutzar as well. Obviously, again, according to Shulchan Aruch, so even though our normal mode of greeting is shalom aleichem, it probably wouldn't be the right thing to say for shachis, we're more prepared to say good Shabbos or good morning, whatever the case is, or welcome, and uh, avoid using Hashem's name. Now, what about when there's a mitzvah involved in greeting somebody? For example, a, let's start with the question before the mitzvah, just to get into this story, into this idea. What would be the case if a person, <coughs> if a person is uh, wants to call up somebody who's unwell, a family member, see if they're okay, or they've been out of there before davening? So to check, to check on a is called a mitzvah, and that a person is allowed to do. And even if it means saying hello to them, it would be allowed. But to some call people to make, to make conversation before davening would be a problem. And therefore for Khaila or even if a person is a parent or grandparent, whatever the case might be, that they need to check up on. So then with doing for a mitzvah or calling someone for a mitzvah to check they're okay, that would be allowed. Um, the truth is this hatter of doing things for a mitzvah you're going to see applies to some of the other restrictions which are also before davening as well. So the second thing we're going to talk about is is it mutter to to do activities, malacha work before davening. Now we don't mean obviously things like uh, switching on the light or uh, you know, tying one's double knot in one's shoes. We're not talking about for Shabbos, we're talking about activities which distract the person from 
getting ready for davening, so can a person do a job, uh, you know, start his business, whatever the case is, uh, trade, buy and sell, things like that before davening, that's also, again, it's two reasons. Firstly, a person gets absorbed in that and might forget davening or forget the time for davening. And secondly, the second issue is that a person might a person might, uh, well, not, not meant to do things before he dies. Dying should be his priority. So those are, therefore, to be also for a person to do his work or do business or anything like that before he dies. But even though most activities are considered also before dying, once again, here we have the hetza of a mitzvah. And as far as a person is doing for a mitzvah, is allowed to do. And therefore, for example, if a person is a farmer and they need to milk the cows before dying, because it's desire for the cows not to be milk. We have to feed the animals before davening, which is also a mitzvah. That's the lot. And I'll tell you a fascinating example of that. You know, often I notice um, in the early morning that davrechim who go to buy milk or bread or whatever for their kids before they go to daven. They slow the tarot bag under their arm, and on the way to davening they're going shopping. Well, is it much to go shopping before davening? So I saw that Rosh Hashanah in one place asks the question. And he says that it's the same thing as feeding those animals. If a person has to feed their children, they're hungry, so that's also called a mitzvah. If that's the case, if a person, uh, after that, they already have gone to school or to Ghana or wherever they're going to, and it'll be too late then to try and get them food afterwards, so then it's better to buy that and add to go shopping for Davening as a type of a mitzvah, an activity of a mitzvah. Similarly, to raise money for soccer before Davening is also a mitzvah, it's mitzvah. Mr. Burr brings us also about going shopping for Shabbos. And he talks about a place where there was an early morning market, and if a person would go to Davin first, by the time they get to the market, everything would be sold out. And then he says, in a case like that, when it's the covered Shabbos, the person's allowed to go shopping uh, before... The person's allowed to go shopping before Davin. Now, because we're talking about something which is an activity which is those birds from Davin, it doesn't have to be hard physical aid. You know, if a person decides they want to answer all the emails before davening, or they want to do online shopping before davening, that would be also too. It's being involved in something else which is uh, comes before a mitzvah. But for a doctor or someone like that, that uh, again, what he's doing is a mitzvah, or that something like that would be motivated before as an activity to do before davening. Okay, so that's the second category we're going to talk about of things before davening, and that is uh, activities. We spoke about speaking to people, we spoke about activities, and now we come to a third category, which is really a combination of the two previous ones. We spoke about in the previous year of eating and drinking and doing activities, and that is the post can ask, what's the halacha of other tzarechei haguf? Of other things a person wants to do for their body, nothing to say eating and drinking, would that be also either as an activity the person's doing, or alternatively would that be also because, would that be also because it's like eating and drinking, they're taking care of one's body. So let's go in order. The first example is brought about this is as much as to take a shower. This person had a washing job before davening or not. And uh, it's interesting that this question goes back a long way. And I think as time goes, moves ahead, so the post game are more and more maker. In other words, the word post game from Dachronim, some time ago, the acid taking, you know, going to the rechitza to wash oneself properly before davening, and then there were those who allowed a person to use water, but not more than that. But today, the consensus of the post is a person allowed to shower before davening, person allowed to use soap if they need to. And I don't think it's a machlokes in the halach. I think it's a difference in the matias. 
which is when it used to be a person had to go to a bathhouse, and it was a long and drawn-out procedure to to you know, to take to draw water and heat water and get ready to wash themselves, and uh, then someone would just consider the lengthy activity before the evening, and something a person shouldn't do. Whereas today it's like just the person's getting dressed in the bathroom anyway, and the extra three, for three four minutes takes to jump in and out of the shower isn't such a lengthy activity, and uh, therefore it's not something done separately before davening. Number one, and number two, it doesn't come that uh, it's not something which a person looks at as a uh, big activity that takes away from davening. It's part of getting dressed. And there's people who shower every day. That's what's like, like brushing their teeth in the morning, brushing their hair. And that's the case. It's not a different activity to davening. It's just not different to tying one's laces or putting on a jacket. It's part of getting dressed, in which case it's not looked at as something which is and it's not something which is going to take so long that it's going to distract the person from davening. Whereas, when you're going to the Roman baths, when there was a heat bath and a cold bath and a sauna and everything else, it was a lengthy activity. A person could miss davening doing that. The post can discuss an interesting question, and that is besides for showering, wash brushing one's teeth, like we said, things like that which are normal part of getting up in the morning activities. And the next question is, what about exercising? Is that also something which is considered a Tzarek HaGuf? And it's part of a person's morning routine and bimota. Or do we say that's a separate activity and then it's something which a person is not meant to be doing before davening? Uh, there's actually a machoikis about that. Once again, the halachic gather is a person who can't be doing other activities or work before davening. Maybe the machoikis here would also be about how one looks at exercising. Is that like a, something which is a part of getting up? Or is it something separate? Obviously, to go to a gym or something would be also. If a person wants to exercise in the house or run around the block, whatever that is, what would it then be in cases like that? Um, going to a mikveh before davening, so that's considered a tzarech mitzvah, even if a person is not mechuyiv to go to a mikveh before davening, but the added kedusha that enhances a person's level of tefillah, and therefore it's considered something which is mutter to do before davening. But other things, such as taking a haircut, uh, which are lengthy activities, that's not a person does every day, that would be also. However, for those people who shave, so then again, that's a part of every morning. And therefore, it's not looked at as a long activity, it's not looked at as something separate to what a person regularly does as part of their morning routine, that would be motto. Okay, so that's as far as activities before davening. And the next thing I want to talk about is, is it motto to travel before davening or not? Because here also, the Allah talks about that it's also for a person to go on the journey before he's davening. And the idea is the same, that is, it's a journey which is for his own purposes. And to go before davening means a person is prioritizing wherever the journey might be more than davening first. And therefore, a person wants to go to a business meeting or to a vacation site, or, you know, a teal, whatever it might be, to before davening is something a person is not meant to do. Uh, now, the exceptions to the rule. Well, firstly, the obvious exception is a person is journeying to daven. The halacha is that in order to daven with a minion, a person is meant to journey up to a mill, which is a share of time of an 18-minute journey. And if it's a, if a person is anywhere going to travel, then he's meant to travel up to four million, which means a 72-minute journey, in order to daven with a minion. And if that's the case, obviously it's brought in halacha there that a person has to leave early enough that the 72-minute travel time isn't going to cause him to miss the time of davening. But if that's the case, then a person might be a 72-minute journey is quite a long journey. But the halacha is that since a person is traveling in order to daven, so then that's mutter. That's not the tzarech something else. That's the tzarech davening itself. Based on this, Rav Chaim Kanievsky Paskind, 
and I think it's very understandable, and that is if a person wants to d- d- go to Daven by the coastal. So he's allowed to travel to the coastal to Daven there, that's not a, tfil- that's not a journey for some other reason. That's a journey to Daven. And therefore a journey to Daven isn't included in the Isser of travel which is for one's own needs and not for Tfilah. So that's the case where it's not the same thing. Once you said before, and the travel for a mitzvah is matter. So then I would apply to other cases when a person is traveling for a mitzvah. That's not considered his tzarech before davening. So for example, for a moel, to travel to daven in the place where the bris is going to be right after davening, even though he could theoretically daven somewhere else before the journey, but since he's going there to do a mitzvah, that's not considered something which is also for him to do. Okay, so that's the lechat Now, the problem is very often, a person's travel times aren't up to him. He's based on the, the train schedule or the flight schedule and things like that. And then in such a case, is a person allowed to take a flight or a journey where it means embarking on the journey before he's davened? So if it's before the time of Tvila, in other words, it's still before Rosh and he's not allowed to daven yet, then for sure he's allowed to journey because right now there's no chiyuv to daven. But if it's already the time of davening, so then it's a problem. It's better not to go on the journey before one's davened. Uh, a person should daven first. Does that, what, a person, what about a case where a person wants to daven on the journey, for example, on the flight, or on, or on the train, or whatever the case might be. So in those cases also, it's lechatkhir, and better not to do that. But a person's allowed to, to travel, uh, to travel. And if he's not the option, then he can journey on the uh, he can travel uh, daven on the tra- while he's journeying on the on the route. Right, you talk about Shiaris, there's not the Shiar, he'll miss the caravan at the times of the Gemara, and he's allowed to leave and daven with him on the way. And it's a more believable option, firstly because he's doing other things before davening. Secondly, davening on the journey isn't necessarily the optimal way to daven, but uh, it's mutter. In cases like that, so then a person should always try to organize that he can daven either before he goes on the journey or start a journey early enough that he's not yet chayav to daven. So if he wants to get an early start in the journey and he leaves before Rosh Hashachar, that's for sure mutter, because there isn't an option to daven yet. And then whenever the time of Tvila comes, he'll stop and daven where he is. Or alternatively, a person could first daven and then go on a journey afterwards. And that way a person doesn't have to uh, have a conflict with the halacha of starting off on the journey when, when, he, when he hasn't yet davened. Now, the point here, it's a bit different to eating. Because when you talk about eating, we said if a person is allowed to eat before Rosh Hashachar, but as soon as the Rosh Hashachar comes, he has to stop. Whereas over here, uh, if a person is already on the journey, he doesn't have to stop the second that it's, uh, that it's time to daven. Once he's already journeying, he can go journey to a place where he can daven better. In other words, the problem of eating is the act of eating. Whereas the problem of going on the journey is setting out on the journey. Once he's already traveling, the fact that he continues traveling, isn't necessarily considered a zilzul, and therefore maybe is a better place to daven further along the road, somewhere more secluded or somewhere where he can stop. He's allowed to continue continue until he'll find the best place to daven. And the last topic we're going to talk about, Reza Hashem, is is it mutter for a person to learn before davening? Now, a person could correctly say that learning is a mitzvah, and one could do other mitzvahs, such as Shabbos shopping before davening. So why in the world wouldn't a person be able to learn? And learning Torah surpasses everything. And the answer is the problem here isn't because of a person doing other things, taking care of his needs before davening, for sure learning Torah is a mitzvah. Our problem here is the other problem, and that is if the person gets carried away, you know, the learning is deep and the learning is beautiful, and a person starts to understand something, wants to look it up and just think about it more, and he might get carried away and not daven. And therefore we have the restriction because of the chashash 
that maybe it's going to uh, it's going to absorb a person so much that they won't they won't remember that they haven't yet davened they might miss the time for davening and that's why the first halacha is that if a person is learning in a place where they're going to daven which means he comes to shul to dav- to learn before davening in the shul where for sure he's going to know that they're davening because everyone's going to come and interrupt him so then it's not a problem to learn before davening because he's got he has an obvious reminder uh, similarly, if a person is not learning by himself, he's learning with a group of people, and then the assumption there also is that the group is going to remember davening, so that a person is allowed to give a share, for example, or learn with a kachabura before davening, because they also we assume that he's not going to forget the daven. The chashash just here is in the case of a person who is learning by themselves. In the case of a person who is learning by themselves, and therefore they might get distracted and caught up in the learning, and they might not remember that they have to daven, then the chazal or chashash not to learn before davening. But if a person is making a learning in a communal setting or in the shul where they're going to afterwards daven, that was for sure okay. And now the Mishibur asks a question. And that is, what about a person who is living in a yeshiv in a little village where he's going to daven by himself because there isn't a minion? And in the halachas of tefillah, we saw that in places where there isn't a minion, then a person that should at least daven at the same time when the minion is davening. Because even if he's not present with them in person, his tefillahs are being presented to HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the same time. Now, that's the case. So let's say the person in the small village knows that in the big town they daven at 8 o'clock in the morning, so then he would ideally want to daven at 8 o'clock as well. That way his tefillahs are going, ascending to Shemayim with this. But if he's up at 6 o'clock, and now what, he should waste two hours and do nothing for the next two hours until time of davening arrives, he wants to learn. On the other hand, the is that to learn by oneself in a place where they're not going to be davening, Allah will go there on that, because a person might be carried away and then forget to daven altogether. So what's what's better for him to do? And Mishavur rules, and it's very clear, that a person should rather daven earlier by himself and learn afterwards. And the reason is, you know, we'll see this in a number of other cases as well, that davening with the tibur, Especially here when it's not even with the tzibur, davening at the same time with the tzibur is a mile in tefillah. It makes the tefillah more acceptable in Shemaim or more likely to be listened to and responded to the way a person wants, but uh, it doesn't surpass the mitzvah. And therefore, if a person has the mitzvah to learn Torah, and because he wants to daven at the same time as the tzibur, it's going to cause him to waste hours of time. So for sure, the, the mitzvah of learning Torah takes priority. And therefore, it would be better for him by himself, even without a minion, in order to be able to, in order to be able to not waste the time from there. Okay, then one last thing which helps, and that is the idea of having a shomer. The idea of a shomer is that the person has some way to remind themselves not to forget to daven. The mitzvah already comes up more by Mary, but it would apply here as well. And that is, since the person is doing a mitzvah activity, so it's not a chashash, he's taking care of his needs before Hashem's. The only question is maybe he'll get carried away. So having somebody to remind him is also a good option. Now obviously the person who's being the shamer has to be somebody reliable as a shamer in their own right. Which means somebody else who's learning isn't a reliable shamer. If you're worried the person learning is going to get absorbed in the sugya and forgets to daven, then you'll forget to be a reminder too. And therefore the shamer has to be somebody who's not involved in that activity and therefore would be, would be able to, to remind the person you haven't davened yet. Right. The more recent person talk about what, what's the deal of an electronic shamer. If I set an alarm clock or a reminder or whatever it is that will remind me of what I need to do and the, the, remi- the electronic reminder is not going to forget, would that be a good shamer? And the post came 
Lord that hold that today a, a, a alarm clock or something like that would be a good shamer. The din of a shamer doesn't have to be necessarily a person. It's just a, ma- a way to make sure that a person doesn't forget or doesn't uh, lose focus of time. And therefore, if a person wants to have a full davening in a situation like that, if today you would have a shamer, which means it's set an alarm, which is going to remind him, so then that would be a, a acceptable way of making sure he's not going to forget to daven, and then you'd be allowed to learn before davening as well. The MS is connecting Torah to Tefillah in the Mailet. It says in the Pasuk of that Yero Mechayel Chayel, Elchu Mechayel Chayel, go from one string to another one. It talks about the value of connecting learning to davening or davening to learning, especially as a Shlach. As a Shlach at the very beginning of Yosef, it talks about the importance of, of the, the transfer of time between day and night, the person should spend learning Torah. So that means between Shkia and Tesek and Chavim at night, it means between Alois HaShachar and Netzachamim in the morning. And now if a person is learning between Netzachamim and Alois, I mean between Alois and Netzachamim, then he's for sure learning before davening. But nevertheless, we see that there's not just, is it Mota, there's a Mayrin doing that. Just, the person has to make sure that it's not in a way he's going to forget to daven, and then once he's taken care of that, then to learn before davening is commendable. And it makes it filler better filler, because like the Pasuk says, that if a person doesn't learn Torah, so Hashem doesn't want to listen to his fillers. And in Fashad Akarimus is true too, if a person does want to learn Torah, the Pasuk of Mishle, Meisir, Ozne, Mishmoya, Torah, Kam Tfilaset, Eva, so if a person doesn't listen to the Torah, then Hashem rejects his davening. So if a person does listen to the Torah and he spends before time before davening, showing that and, and learning Torah, so then for sure he's, it's only something which is going to work to enhance his tools.